Life Happens with Pimelo Mutine. Pimelo Mutine on SAFM. On SAFM. After two, thank you so much for staying with us. My name is Pimelo Motene. You're on SAFM on Life Happens. Okay, we continue our forecasting conversation, and this time it's more organizational, more on what the country looks like rather than the individual. And Golela Kashe Katia is the director of project management responsible for the implementation and monitoring of all MISTRA projects at MISTRA. She joins us now on the line. Golela, thank you so much for joining us. Good afternoon. Uh, good afternoon, uh, Pamela, and thank you for having me, and good afternoon to your listeners. So you've had uh, a scenario 2030 that you had put together, but so much is moving at such a fast pace. You released this also around February. Uh, let's just talk through the, the kinds of findings that you've had when you were doing this particular scenario and, and assessing where we are, social cohesion and so on. What were the things that you were looking to measure in the country? Um, the project actually started in 2017, and as you know, that was at, at the height of our challenges in the country. There was so much, div- uh, you know, we were so d- divided in, in outlook in everything that we did. I mean, we had the students who had just come out of the solace movement. We had citizens also, you know, um, going out onto the streets to, you know, to demand certain things. And there was a moment of fallism, uh, a kind of uh, force from civil society. However, what we found was that we are still not um, long-term in terms of our outlook as a country or in terms of our view or how we deal with the challenges that we're facing. So that's when we came up with this idea of uh, building scenarios. And the question we sought to, to, to answer was, what would a socially cohesive South Africa look like and to what degree is it attainable by 2030? So the thrust of our work had to deal with uh, social cohesion, um, but also we had a horizon that was set at 2030 and that was in alignment with the National Development Plan Mm. and also the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals. So that was the point of departure. And from then on, we started with our research. Yeah. And okay. So the broader picture was to assess, you know, whether South Africa and what, how social cohesive we are. Just give me the little line items that you then went into in assessing that social cohesion. Well, the, what we started uh, with, we started by identifying um, leaders in various sectors, mm. you know, it, whether it was within the youth sector or within business, you know, captains of industry, the labor movement, the consult society, and also leaders in government. So we had a mixture of different people whom we called the core participants. Okay. And those people were those who were then interviewed. So from that key question uh, about social cohesion mm. and to what extent we can attain it by 2030, we came up with various questions, and that's what informed our initial questioning. So these people had to answer these questions, but also imagine the future. So the, the methodology we adopted mm. for scenario building was intuitive logic. So there's a lot of creative treatment into the whole process, even though there is also rigorous research. Mm. And then we set out to commission various uh, research papers that had to do with issues that came out of the interviews that, that we did not quite understand, like human trafficking, for example, and cybercrime, 
and so on. And climate change, we haven't done enough work around that. And from there, we came out with variables. But then these variables, there's a whole methodology of scenarios building that we adopt to rank them so that we can isolate out of the 25 variables those that would have the biggest impact on us as a country going towards 2030. But also at the same time, those variables are those that we are most uncertain about because we're working with a future that is unknown. So we had to isolate um, uncertainty. But then from that process, we came up with three storylines for the future yeah. of South Africa. And these are the three scenarios of insularity, which are Guaraguara, which is really a state of lawlessness. Mm. And this is a nation that's torn and, and restless and it embodies a demoralized land, disorder and decay. Mm. The second scenario is called Isibuja, and that um, indicates a jumpy nation mm-hmm. that is so divided. And in, even the naming Isibuja alludes to a bourgeois mm. nation that is torn between social divides. So you have the elite, mm. there's the lucky few who are in the elite, but everyone else is trapped in deep poverty. Mm. There's no, there's, you can't even have a, a middle class to speak of in this Isibuja nation. So it's two nations in one. Mm. And then the last scenario is Naila Walk which is a nation that's in precise sequences it's, itself. So even the dance moves that it's named after, it, 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 it shows a nation that's in step with itself. We start seeing more the social cohesion, but also there's economic expansion at the same time, and a renewed sense of hope and, you know, that is uh, founded within our constitution. So, so what so we're this, now this... doing is measuring mm-hmm. where we are in terms of those three stories. So the third scenario is somewhat positive. Am I correct? Well, what we try to avoid is to get, you know, society or leaders or whoever is involved in the process to choose a particular scenario because any of the three may emerge. So mm. if you're going to now say, oh, the third scenario is positive, so let's plan along those lines. What if Guaraguara emerges? Then are your strategies your plans, you know, are resilient to a Guaraguara. So what we always recommend is that as we engage with these scenarios as organizations, yep. as government, as municipalities, businesses, and so on, we consider all three so that we are prepared for any eventuality. So with what has happened in the last three, four months, I mean, so much has changed. What do you then foresee this having the impact on, on the scenarios that you've just laid out? And this was obviously forecasting to 2030. How much has shifted in that forecast with given what we've just seen in the last four months with COVID-19? Um, well, Pinala, a lot has shifted. Yeah. First of all, there's a global pandemic. Yeah which no one expected. Mm. Even though in the scenarios we had um, a global trends that we included, such as climate change, the fourth industrial revolution, migration, and so on, no one imagined that there would be a COVID-19. Mm. So that was the biggest challenge. However, because scenarios are supposed to be forward-looking, even in our name, we try to embody the idea of looking above. Mm. And the trees are the current challenges that force us to become more short-term in our approach if we focus on those trees. So we want to be in Zulamitin so that we look above the current challenge, even a COVID challenge. So how do we develop strategies that can, you know, withstand even a crisis such as this one? And, and, and these are the things that we need to unpack. Because 
what drives us into any of those scenarios are issues such as leadership, strong leadership, and across the spectrum, not just in government. The second key driver is the issue of social inequality. As long as we are unequal, we, we, we will not win. We will not be able to be resilient as a society. And then the last key driver is this issue of resistance, uh, you know, resentment. Because we still so, you know, there's all these resentments that we witness across society. And those are informed by our history hmm. and how we are so divided and how we even view where we come from. You, you know, who was a victim or was this... Um, uh, a crime against humanity and mm. so on. So all these things, these three issues, you know, inform whether we go into Naila Walk, if it's bourgeois or Guaraguara. And, you know, if you are in Naila Walk scenario, perhaps you could actually be more resilient should a pandemic like this one happen. Because that's, you know, what is entailed there is a more cohesive society with um, citizens that are engaged and can challenge the state. However, according to our measurements yeah. that we released last week um, on the 19th, we are unfortunately in Guaraguara Nation, yeah. which is the state of, uh, of DK. And um, I mean, it's expected. We knew we were expecting this result. It's just that it's worse than last yeah. year. We were already in Guaraguara last year when yeah. we released the first result. And now we're getting worse, worse into yeah. In fact, when I look at some of the, the, the stats that you've put together uh, and, and these things, even if you hadn't done a whole study, we were already seeing it, the kind of decay that we see in municipalities, just complete chaos in municipalities. So these things existed before we hit COVID-19. We are now in an in, in emergency state where everything is kind of uh, has to be reset. What then would be the tools we would need as a country, as society to to move out of the kind of desperate situation that we see ourselves in now? Well, what it would take is, uh, 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 I suppose, uh, a combination of, uh, you know, policy choices, yeah. you know, that seek to address these drivers, you know, that have been mentioned, you know, the issue of, of, um, of, of leadership and all these deficiencies that you see in society as a result of all our inequality. However, we, we know that the state alone cannot do this. Mm. So what we always try to inspire is this notion of social contacting, wherein various partners or parts of society come together to rally around a particular challenge. Because even right now, we still see the state leading it. There's, uh, there's, you know, there's a central command, a national central <laughs> command, but also you don't see a lot of role players mm. you know, from civil society or business. Yes, there is a solidarity fund where some, some, you know, uh, captains of industry have donated and also individuals in society. But we, we're not seeing an effort to compel all of business, all of civil society, mm. and all of, of labor to come together to deal with whether the deficiency in skills, say, in the state. Perhaps in private sector, we can draw yeah. from that so that we can deal with this. So this is an interesting point because unless we get to exactly what you've just spoken about now, we're not going anywhere. So for instance, let's just take the obvious example of what we've seen recently with gender-based violence. You, Mm -hmm. you You get sort of you know, people working in silos and, as you said, communities and so on, uh, whether it's civil society, whether it's government. So you, you, 
we all say we want the same outcome, but we are still working in silos. So you would have a ministry in government speak about gender-based violence. I'm not seeing them, for instance, collaborate with organizations on the ground which have already been working with gender-based violence. So these silos are not taking us anywhere because you almost get the sense that sometimes people start reinventing the wheel while somebody else has been driving the wheel and maybe is stuck somewhere else. So there isn't that cohesiveness that you're talking about. Um, uh, this is correct, uh, Camilla, and, uh, and that's why our question that we sought to answer was about social cohesion, because that's where everything begins. Yeah. You know, we need to have a common vision as a nation. Mm. At the moment, it's even difficult to identify what it is or what it means to be South African, mm. what are our most basic uh, sets of values that bind us all, whether you're sitting in civil society or whether you are in business, whether you're white or black, uh, a woman mm. or man or young person or elderly. We don't have that glue that binds us. Mm. And that's what we need to seek out also. And there are pockets or moments where we, we witness this but it, it needs to be coordinated mm-hmm. and perhaps at the highest level so that first and foremost we have that driving us a common vision, a common set of values, a sense of nationhood around a particular issue. And perhaps crises such as uh, COVID could provide that way in there's a challenge, mm-hmm. you know, in finding that opportunity in a crisis. But what is it that makes us South African? And once we do that, then it's easier to pull all the different parts together. Mm. Right now, we're still so ununited mm. in terms of, you know, how we look at things, or even how we are dealing with this pandemic. It's as if there's various nations yeah. living in this one particular country. Yeah. So it needs leadership at the highest level. And uh, perhaps, you know, what we usually suggest is that, and from what we've learned from other countries, is that it's at the highest office. So it's something that could be placed or located at the office of the president, wherein, you know, he uses or sets up institutions. I mean, there are existing institutions such as the NEDVEC. However, not all labor is there, and not mm-hmm. all businesses are represented. There's big business, but not small, the small yeah. guys. You yeah. don't find the informal sector there. Yeah. And as you correctly say, with gender-based violence, there is a, a platform for civil society. But you don't see all the other groups that are working within communities represented there. And that's what the president would recognize as a platform, hmm. like so, he did with now COVID. Yeah, so beautifully put, because these make sense then in, in our responses, why you would have the absence of solutions for the freelancer, for the small business, because they're not well represented in some of these structures. Thank you, Kolela. Thank you very, very much. We'll send people to, to that paper you've just released and so that you can all have a perspective on it. Kolela Kashe Katia. She is a director at the um, Mapungube Institute for Strategic Reflection, and she's a director of project management responsible for the implementation and monitoring of all Mistra projects there.